0: Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host Jonah Marie and the Jetpack <laughs> the, <laughs> the Jetpack to my Sabine, my mom, Maria. <laughs> Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast
1: where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode.
0: In today's episode, we will be talking about Imperial Super Commandos, written by Christopher Yost and directed by Stuart Lee.
1: In Imperial Super Commandos, having lost contact with the Protectors of Concord Dawn, Sabine, Ezra, and their capture leader, Fen Ra. In- Rao. Fen- <laughs> Rao. Okay. And their capture leader, Fen Rao, investigate and find that the base has been taken over by Imperial Mandalorians.
0: Yes, this features. Fen Rao's evil twin brother, Fen Ra. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. So, before we even jump into the episode, I just wanted to thank everyone for their lovely comments because we showed up in a New York Times article. Yes. It's funny because I sent my text and I'm like, Ma, we're in the New York Times. And she's like, Nice. And then it wasn't until later when I got home from work that I was like, Did you did you read the part that we showed up in? And she's like, No. No, no
1: way. <laughs> I, I said, I read everything until they said the Wookiee Gunner, and then I said <laughs> They said Jenna Marie, the Wookiee Gunner. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I was like, no, they mentioned us and I mentioned you by name, Maria. I know. (laughs) Like, oh my God. For a moment there, there, I I thought they were going to say Ma. Ma. (laughs) That
0: would have been cool.
1: Uh
0: Um, So that was because of the Fangirls Going Road podcast had mentioned me and the Wookiee Gunner and Rebels Chat and the fact that I do it with my mom. So that was pretty neat of them for them to mention us in the newspaper. Yeah, that and was that was cool. very kind and we appreciate it and we, we love being part of this awesome community of Star Wars female fans who make Star Wars their own. Girl power. Girl power indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so what were your thoughts about the episode?
1: First of all. Maybe you said it and I did not hear it. Oh. <laughs> because I always say, uh huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know it was gonna be about Sabine. No, no. About Mandalorian. No, no, because
0: last time uh, the last time we recorded, I said uh that the episode was called Imperial Super Commandos, and I just left it at that. Okay. Yeah, and yes. that was and that was about two weeks ago now, because we had a break in between.
1: So yeah, I didn't even remember the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I knew is that when I went to look on demand, I only saw um, the, last, the battle. last battle,
0: and I said that's not it.
1: <laughs> I already saw that. Yeah. Where is the episode? Yeah, at
0: the time of this recording, this episode is still not available on demand, which is very weird. Yeah, I was like, come on, people. I need to see my Rebels.
1: <laughs> so, so so yeah, I like it. I, it was surprising and I liked it. I, 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 love, I love Sabine. I love the, the Mandalorian thing that she has going on there. You know, it's, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely love Mandalorian culture. It's very rich, especially in the expanded universe. But it's starting to—you're starting to get to see more of it in, in Rebels. Like like Ezra say, they're crazy. They're crazy. <laughs> they're crazy. <laughs> I love it. I love that they have this reputation, and it's just so funny. So as we start off, Finn and Sabine are playing a Mandalorian chess game, which is called Kubikad. In, in, it couldn't be called chess. <laughs> no, it's it had not to cold be, be chess. Qu- what? Q- Kubicard. Kubik? Qu- Cubicard. <laughs> Okay. And it's a... Man- chess. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Mandalorian not. chess. Let's <laughs> go. It is. That's what I used in my notes. <laughs> Mandalorian chess game. But basically, it's an indoor game that could be played by up to at least four players and involves stabbing short-handled blades into a checkered board. So that's the expanded universe explanation. But we don't really know how many players can use this game in, in terms of canon. It's like Hungry Hungry Hippo. If you want to use that reference, sure.
1: Instead of of hippos, you have stabbing
0: knives. Knives, yeah. (laughs) Nice. Mandalorians are crazy. They are crazy. So you have Fenn who's asking her, "What more do you want from me?" You know, I'm in prison. I've told the protectors to let your rebels go through my space. "You know what more do you want?" And Sabine says that she's been wanting the same thing she's been she, she's desired since the very beginning, which is to have him join the rebellion, the rebel cause, not no, just to be locked up in this cell. You know, Fenn's response to that is My only true loyalty is to Mandalore. I found it interesting that this Mandalorian character is someone who Sabine can't identify with. She doesn't have anyone else who's of her culture, who's of her background. And this guy is someone who reminds her of what she left behind. So I can see that being another reason why she wants him to join. I like that Fenn tells her that she could have been a protector. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he goes on to say, oh, you know, but you're, you're past as a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, here we go again. <laughs> and we find out later on that the Protectors are loyal to the Mandalorian throne. They're not loyal to the Empire. Empire. The only reason why Fen and the Empire were in association with each other was because they were paying off the Mandalorians to stop the Rebels from using that space. That space, yeah. yeah. And then he goes on to say, you know, we we could still work together now if I were free, not for the Rebels, not for the Empire, but for Mandalore. And it kind of reminded me of Cham Syndulla, and in the way yes, Cham, Cham thinks, thinks,
1: yeah, his loyalty is to his people first, mm-hmm,
0: to his planet. Yeah, they don't really consider the whole picture no
1: and and that's a a very common thing in society we tend to think about ourselves or our small nucleus and we forget that we are part of a bigger whole and 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 we forget that and, and we tend not to be the best that we can be because we only concentrated on that small portion yeah you're you raised in that way you raise to watch for yourself and take care of yourself and take care of those or, or you, of your family or those near you The idea is that you take that and you're it. Yeah. It, but we tend not to grow to a full potential all the time so we we have a lot of people who don't go beyond that limit. Mm, mm-hmm. The whole concept is that we can expand. Everything we learn is supposed to be expanded outwards towards others, towards society. We are an individual, but we belong to a bigger group. And the idea is that when you protect yourself, you also protect those in your group and therefore your society, not just you or your mom or your dad or, or your son or your daughter, but mm-hmm. others as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, But we never reach that potential.
0: <laughs> and so Fan and Sabine are asked to join everyone else in the briefing room and they're notified of the fact that they've lost contact with the protectors and that the rebel <laughs> leaders think it's some sort of trap.
1: I like how, how Kanan refers to Fan as a reluctant guest. Yeah, it's a cranky guest. It's <laughs> a cranky guest. <laughs>
0: like, I don't think he's a guest at all, Kanan.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I love that because who, who was it that said isn't he a prisoner? Oh, it was Zeb. Zeb, yeah. right? And I, I love how Kanan just comes and he's just, you know, a, a cranky guest.
0: So what are your thoughts on the fact that we don't see Kanan and Hera playing a bigger Role so far, so you have instances where Hera and Kanan aren't present. Well, all that, all that it, much. It
1: goes to to the whole concept that it's not just about them. It's about the bigger picture. Mm. It's more than their little family. Yeah, it, it's gone beyond just them is now the rebellion, the cells, or all these things happening outside. So Hera and Canaan are not gonna be there always. and they need to learn to take care of themselves and have their own quote unquote adventures or, or missions
0: on their own. You know, I wrote the same exact thing in my review, mommy. (laughs) Holy crap, really? (laughs) Wow, great minds, Jorah, great (laughs) minds. I said, you know, they need to learn. Hera and Canaan aren't going to be there always. (laughs) And they have to learn to be there for each other. And Mm -hmm. Sabine and Ezra... They're the younger ones. So they're the ones who are essentially going to carry the uh, torch forward. So they're the ones who we're going to be focusing on wh- while Hera and Kanan take on a more mentor role in the Why background. Why do you think I sent you to New Zealand? <laughs> go, go, live, <laughs> learn. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I find people complaining more about how the fact that they want to see more group centered episodes where it's all everyone participating in, in a given adventure or something, sometimes you have to think of, there are reasons why certain characters aren't present. Like Zeb, maybe we could have seen Zeb in this episode, but when you could take into consideration that it was only Sabine, Ezra, and Fenn in that ship, had Zeb been in there, Rao would not have taken over, over so easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He was able to take out Ezra, but you can't take out Zeb yeah. just as easily. That, that, that's
1: a purpose to, to the way things are written. written. Yeah. Yes. Would I want episodes where they're all together? Of course I would. They're the family we are growing to, you know, growing up to love and, and care for. But each of them, again, they're an individual, and each of and they need to learn. And mom and dad being there all the time. Is not going to let them grow and learn.
0: And that's another thing. Now that you mentioned mom and dad, I feel like a lot of the fans in the community take that sometimes too literally. Yeah, it's just a
1: a reference. It's just a thing. thing. And
0: and, yeah, they say they're they're a family in the show. And even the writers and some of the cast members refer to themselves as brother and sister and and space wife, space husband and whatnot. It's just a, a way of describing... Not who they are or who they
1: represent all the time, but at certain instances, that is what they look
0: like. But are they that? No. And the reason why I bring that up is because a lot of people consider Ezra and Sabine to be brother and sister. And I... (laughs) And you ship them, I know. No, I ship them, but because I have my own brother. (laughs) So, and you have your own siblings. Like, I don't really see that sort of relationship playing out between Ezra and Sabine. I see that more from Sabine being like, oh my God, you're annoying. Please get away from me. (laughs) Because that's how I am with my brother. Oh my God, you're annoying. Please get away from me. But I don't really see that from Ezra. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's weird to associate them that way, especially given ezra's feelings towards sabine even though they're not as visible now because we haven't really seen him express express them it, the way yeah. but it's because he's learned to maturely handle them i mean i've had a few crushes on in my past i've had to learn how to deal with them so yeah like i still don't I, like i don't see that that sort of relationship playing out. But I do see other people seeing that. So it might be weird to them. But like, honestly, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't take that brother-sister relationship literally. You also have to think that not everybody
1: sees the same thing. No,
0: no, no. We, you know? we all see things through different yeah, lenses. Yeah,
1: so... But no, when I say mom and dad, I really don't mean that they are mom and dad. I use it as a, as a reference point from where I am. I'm the mom. I sent you away so that you could learn that's my reference point
0: No, oh, yeah definitely see you're seeing it from your perspective from your lens my issue is when people use that brother sibling relationship as a way to stop other people from seeing something more potential between Ezra and Sabine and it's frustrating in a, in a fan community where the average age is 17 and you're like why am I arguing with a 15 year old on Tumblr and <laughs> 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 Anyway, moving on. So Hera, I love the fact that even though she's not playing a a central role in this in this episode, she is the one calling the shots again. She's the one. She's
1: the the the, giving up. Yeah, she's the one giving that the. the orders, the orders. You are gonna do this, and you're gonna take this one and the other one, and, and that's this it. One. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, So she's not completely out of the picture. And there's a moment where Sabine and Ezra look at each other, <laughs> and Ezra looks away. At first, I thought it was because of his emotions towards Sabine, but it's actually in reference to what Hera is talking about so in about, that mm-hmm. moment because he lost the Phantom the first that's time. time. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so he, it, you know don't lose it again, again yeah. <laughs> we just acquired it uh, and I felt so bad for Ezra because I was like oh that was such a big big mistake on his part yeah, Well, <laughs> sometimes we have to wait a while before we can outlive our mistakes yeah and look back at it yeah. and laugh yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh man and so they're on their journey over to Concord Dawn and I thought the Phantom 2 Looked awesome. They got a new paint job from Sabine. It's not. It's not, it's not loud in any way, or it's just very subtle, so that it mixes in with the the ghosts and its own coloring pattern. And so you have the awkward staring between Ezra and Fen'Ral. And I thought that was just hilarious because he's just looking at yeah, he, Ezra. He, he,
1: he's like, mm, okay, I, I don't want to look at you. I don't know you. It's because he thinks they're crazy. Yeah. And and, and he's trying to avoid the, the
0: getting the craziness out. And I love that he starts whistling at mm-hmm. one point. Yeah. And, like, ooh. Yeah. And it's great that we actually see that because we haven't seen him do that since the very, very beginning when we first saw him walking through the hills of Lothal and he's just whistling to himself. So I thought it was very neat that his whistling returns. And then Ezra's distracted by Concord Dawn and the fact that it's just... Torn up. It's gorgeous, first of all, but at the same time, you're like, these some, people are crazy. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> this same
0: feel of of debris and, and and you're reminded of the fact that Ezra wasn't there the first time. It was Sabine and Hera who were there the first time around. So he's distracted. He's in awe. He's curious about what he's seeing and completely forgets forget. <laughs> Zephan is there. <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah. he gets overpowered and Sabine gets overpowered and they're knocked out <laughs> yep. oh Ezra it's funny because I was like come on Ezra I'm rooting for you Ezra <laughs> oh, he,
1: he, he it wasn't that he underestimated fan it's that he didn't expect the unexpected just, yeah he yeah Yes, he's a a prisoner, but he's not the regular kind of prisoner, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes when things are not the standard way, you tend to forget that they're that way, you know? Exactly, yeah. So I, I think that that's what happened with him. It didn't cross his mind, you know? He's still a prisoner, yeah. You do not give you back to a prisoner. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, and then before that actually happens, Fenn says, the Mandalorians have endured wars since before the formation of the Republic, just as will endure the Empire and your rebellion. And Sabine in response says, too bad our people can't stop fighting each other. Look at uh, uh, Scotland
1: and the clans how families fought each other, and this is all people from the same place. Yeah. And how that, in a way, contributed, if not the reason why they were overcome by the, the English. Mm. And not only the Scottish, but so many other cultures where clans and divisions and wars and, and, and discourse.
0: And even... even- From a global perspective. Perspective. Yeah. You know, when you consider... When you think
1: we are a human race. Yeah. We're one... One species. One species. Humans. And the fact that within our own species, just because of the borders... Of the territories we live in, we are in constant dispute and constant war. Just because of our whatever religious or political views, we are in constant dispute and war. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is. I I would love to be an alien observing. Can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah,
1: can you imagine if all the energy that is spent figuring out how to destroy the enemy, the so-called enemy, were to be used to create a better future. We will finally have jetpacks, people. (laughs) When I was a little girl, we were told in school that by this time there
0: will be (laughs) jetpacks. Where is my (laughs) jetpack? It's like the hoverboard in Back to the Future. Like everyone expected one right now. And they're really Come on. They're not as yeah. common as you would like. But yeah, it's a, it's a serious issue. And, and it's obviously that's reflected in Star Wars. Because yeah. Star Wars takes from our own our history. history. Yeah. Oh, and I love that Ezra's like, I don't get the whole Mandalorian thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's the complete outsider in all of this. He's He just has no he's clue. He's the one like, what? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and they wake up actually the way Ezra is woken up <laughs> it's just hilarious because you have Chopper using his little claw claws and, and pinching his nose, his nose. <laughs> and I thought oh my god that would be an amazing alarm clock <laughs> Like I I would wake up on time if I had Chopper <laughs> and I love that and, and it's just it's like a cat and owner your your cat is just like in your face when you're waking up (laughs) oh my god yes (laughs) and and so they head out to find that fen is looking out over this cliff and he's non-responsive he's not responding at all to what ezra and sabine are asking him to do and so when they come up to his side they find that the base that they had first encountered in protector of concord don has been ambushed and destroyed and it wasn't by the empire but it was by rival mandalorians and fan actually blames sabine for having taken him yeah. into custody in the first place because uh, he's a one-man
1: band <laughs> and if he had been there nothing of that source would have happened, according to him. <laughs> no fan, no, no, no. no. It's <laughs> you, never like that. no, you would have died. and we do that all the time. we We blame ourselves for things that are completely out of our control. control.
0: yeah, 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 so true. And then there's an imperial probe droid It was actually observing them from afar, and they end up shooting that down. And Fen decides that he does not want to go with them at all and says that he's going to use their base as a bargaining chip if he encounters the Empire. Yes. The location of their base as a bargaining chip. And I just didn't like I, I love Fen so much in ter- like as a as a character. And it's because he's voiced by Kevin McKidd, who's in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. And I love that actor so much where I'm just like, man, I really want to love your character. Why can't you cooperate? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the Imperial Super Commandos show up. And I love that Ezra's response is flying stormtroopers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and and uh, my friend, actually, Patty, I'm going to pull up this little point she made that... They don't mention Imperial Super Commando at all throughout the episode. And I'm like, that is so true. I don't recall them having yeah, said, said that. that. Yeah, <laughs> I And mean, it's probably because of some of the references that we're going to talk about later on when we get to that section. But when, when they land, they try to find whoever it is that attacked the Imperial Probe droid. And Ezra ends up having to turn himself in in order to distract them from Sabine and Fenn. And Sabine actually wants to go and help Ezra. You'd think, given her, her history with him, that she'd be like, okay, he can yeah. he can fend for himself. <laughs> I'll, I'll worry about but him later. But for her first instinct is to go back. Yeah, yeah, to so go to him and help him. Because um, who knows what these Mandalorians would do to him. And Fen was right, having his lightsaber, because he still had Ezra's lightsaber. If Ezra had been found with that lightsaber on him, he probably would have died, died much, much, much yeah, sooner. Yeah. <laughs> And so Gar Saxon is introduced as the Imperial Viceroy of Mandalore. And what were your thoughts on this, you know, very macho Mandalorian dude? I don't know. I didn't like I didn't it. like his face. No. no. He was well animated, but his face was just like, oh. Like, ew. <laughs> don't like you. You're the complete opposite of Fen Rao right now. Yeah.
1: Too uh, full of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly like his character. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. You know, and the differences between Fen and Rao very briefly. Fen is someone who considers himself to be loyal to the Mandalorian throne, whereas Gar Saxon is someone who would immediately go to the person who would help him the best and who would give him most to gain, which in this case is the Empire. So his loyalty is to the Empire. And then poor Ezra's captured. You know, because what not? Why not? Uh,
1: (laughs) And here comes the cover stories. Yes, the cover stories are the best. Yeah. I honestly thought he was going to say that he was Jabba.
0: No, me too. I was
1: expecting that one. I think
0: he's been using it too much. much. (laughs) He has to give it some sort of a break. So, yeah, he ends up uh, saying that he's a scavenger. And I like that he used the word scavenger because it reminded me of both. Ray from Star Wars The Force Awakens and the Freemakers from the Freemaker adventures. And that, that he worked for Hondo Onaka. And that he worked for Hondo. A pirate. <laughs> He'll vouch for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can imagine Hondo being. Oh, I've never heard of Heretic this individual. individual. <laughs> <clears throat> and then he he goes on to say, "Okay, okay, okay. I'm 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 Lando Calrissian. I'm a smuggler. I came here because of a lost treasure. <laughs> that is Lando. Yes, yeah, that is Lando uh, with his uh, nice little uh, puffer pig. <laughs> and so Finn sees that." Ezra is a pawn. He's a pawn to Fen, and pawns are meant to be sacrificed, whereas Sabine is like, well, no, (laughs) one, he's not a pawn, and two, he can take care of himself. That statement really showed how much Sabine actually respects and mm. sees a lot of potential in Ezra. Yes. To, to go as far as to say that. She probably wouldn't say it in front of him. No. No. <laughs> but, but because he's captured, he, she can go on and say it. And then Fen tells Sabine that Gar Saxon is actually part of her clan. Clan. Part of her house, actually. He should have said house. House Vizla Because she's part of Clan Ren. And Saxon, I'm not sure what clan he's part of, but it's probably Clan Saxon. I'm just guessing. And he says that he wanted to be our ruler, but he had no honor, and that's why the Empire saw him as a likely as someone they would be Be able to manipulate and and puppet. yeah. Yeah. And Saxon had originally planned to destroy the the base long before the rebels came into play, so he would have died. Anyway, and and that's when he realizes, okay, we should make a truce and I'll help you and that way we can all, all leave. And he lies. Yep. (laughs) He flat out lies. Yep. (laughs) And in the process, Sabine actually does get a jetpack, which is amazing. Yes. Jetpacks, people. (laughs) Yes, jetpacks. She has her jetpack. And I really like the design of them because in The Return of the Jedi and The Empire Strikes Back, you have Boba Fett. And he has this clunky jetpack. And you can tell that now you understand, like, maybe he just wanted to stay classic with his weaponry and whatnot. But I like the the very, the the very sleekness sleek. of, yeah. of these new jetpacks. And it's actually easier to modif- to replicate if you're doing cosplaying. Because <laughs> you don't want to do anything yeah. too, <laughs> too big and elaborate. And so they decide to save Ezra. And Ezra, at one point, ends up having to use the Force... To stop Saxon from shooting Jim, poor, poor, poor chopper. chopper, he he he's, he was
1: the what you call when when you have a pair of yeah of prisoners and you use one against the other yeah, yeah. that that was Chopper yeah poor Chopper poor Chopper he's like what what <laughs> yeah like really like I have nothing
0: to do with this guy. Ezra couldn't let poor Chop get shot. No, No, he he actually unveiled the fact that he's Force-sensitive. And and because of that, he put himself in greater danger. And I love that Sabine at that moment comes in and, and saves him and Chopper and uh, I love that she said I was using strategy it takes longer Um, (laughs) I love that Sabine she actually ended up using his lightsaber to cut his binds I was like oh foreshadowing (laughs) (laughs) no probably not it's just a very cool to have seen it and then uh, as they're heading to their ship that's when when (laughs) Fan leaves them behind like really you couldn't wait a couple more seconds man (laughs) yeah Now he was off to do his own thing and I I wish at this see these are the moments where I wish Sabine didn't have her helmet because I I would have loved to have seen her expressions yes. especially when she sees Fen f- flying off because again this is a person who had potential in becoming an ally who she she's been trying to bring to right. the the rebel side and she finally thinks that she's achieved, achieved that, that. Because of their accord, and here he is breaking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was sad to have seen that happen, and I wish we could have seen her expression. I mean, obviously, Sabine doesn't seem like the type of person to show much sadness. I feel like she has a very hard exterior, she doesn't wear her heart on her sleeve. Yes. And it's probably because of things she's gone through. I mean, she's had to build a strong, thick skin. But still, I would have liked to have seen whatever expression may have been going on with her face. I'm very... (laughs) Pissed-off <laughs> expression, like, <Yes>. really? <laughs> Wait until I get you. <laughs> and then Saxon, you know, they confront Sabine and Ezra, and he says, I also know that your mother is looking for you. Her own mother stands with me and the Empire now. And I, in my notes, I wrote, finally! Because now we understand that Sabine's mom... She's mentioned her mom before. I don't remember it being very clear whether she was alive or dead, but she is alive. She Mm -hmm. is being spoken about in the present. And we're getting two different stories. We're getting Saxon saying that she willingly joined the Empire and is standing by his side. And Sabine said, I'm pretty sure you didn't give her much choice. I would love to see Sabine's mom. Mom. I need to see Sabine's mom so that she can clear the story. Like, I I want her to have been the way that Sabine's describing. Like, she didn't get much choice. She's just doing what she needs to be doing. Like, I would hate for Saxon to have been right. To say that she was disappointed with Sabine for leaving the academy and whatnot. And so I'm hoping hoping that Sabine's mom may have played some role in influencing Sabine to leave the academy. leave the academy. You leave, do what you need to do, I'll stay behind. That to me is amazing. Like I want that to happen. <laughs> mm. And again, because we've talked about how we haven't seen moms before, yes. but not that many in relation to their daughters. We've seen moms and their sons, but I I would like to see a mother and a daughter relationship, and this is this is my chance. This is what we need. <laughs> So then she, I love that um, when Saxon said that she brought shame to her family, I was immediately reminded of Mushu. (laughs) (laughs) Dishonor, dishonor on you, you, dishonor on your your cow. cow. I, I immediately reminded of that. And and then, you know, Sabine goes to play along with it. She's like, okay, I'll yield. And she gives Chopper, Chopper the, the, helmet. the helmet. And I, he looked so cute with the helmet, helmet on. <laughs> It's like, oh, he's cosplaying Sabine. How cool is that? <laughs> and so she he sends feedback through that channel. And they managed to take that time to escape. And I love this chase scene. This was a really cool chase scene. Chase, yes. Because most of the time you see it in the form of ships chasing after other ships. No, this one was... Them flying, yeah, flying. <laughs> jetpack <J-packs. J-packs. laughs> I love that uh, that Ezra said Sabine's evil cousins are coming. coming. Her, her yeah. evil, cousins are Your, coming. evil cousins are coming. Cousins are coming, and that chasing was overall just spectacular. It really showed off Ezra's skill with the lightsaber. It actually reminded me a lot of Anakin because when he was left let go by Sabine onto that ledge, and then. He he jumped onto the other Mandalorian and then cut the jetpack only to then have Sabine Sabine capture capture him. him. I thought that whole scene was totally Obi-Wan and Anakin. (laughs) (laughs) That is totally something they would do together. And then I love that at one point you have Ezra surfing on Chopper. Chopper. (laughs) (laughs) Which is something, again, that Anakin has done with R2-D2. Not necessarily surfing, but using him as a way to get from one location to another. Finally, we have Sabine, Ezra, and Chopper being sort of tossed onto this area where the Mandalorian ship is located. And they're confronted by... The last two remaining. Yes. Gar Saxon. Super Commandos you know, Super Commandos Not that super anymore. <laughs> and and at one point actually Sabine's blaster is thrown off the cliff so she has no no blasters anymore. What's going to happen there? I hope she has some spares. And just when you think what but what's going to what happen? What are they going to do? How they're going to do this? <laughs> That's when Finn comes to the rescue. I I love how they
1: say they're under My protection. Yeah, yeah.
0: He realizes that Sabine has had loyalty this entire time. It may not have been to Mandalore... But it was to her crew, mm-hmm. to her people, who aren't necessarily Mandalorian, but they're her people, nevertheless. And I love the hand-to-hand combat between Sabine and Saxon. Oh, she kicks butt there, She kicks man. butt, mm-hmm. man. And I love that we've seen that before with Governor Price. Price, yes. Not only does she have training by Imperials, because she was in the Imperial Academy, but she's probably had training by Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. So she has a wide range of combat skills. And even Fenn at one point had said very early on, you know, you could have been a protector. And so I think she was more than well equipped to take on Gar Saxon in that moment. Yep, a girl kick your butt. (laughs) And then Sabine's taking off, you know, you think she's in the clear. Actually, yes. at one point, I thought when Gar Saxon went to take her, I thought, oh man, Sabine's going to get left behind. There's going to be a to be continued. She's going to be taken prisoner by the Empire. <laughs> oh my God, Jean-Marie. You wrote a whole story? I did. There. I did. I wrote an entire episode in those five seconds. <laughs> Um, and I'm sad and it's one of the things that I wrote in my review it's like I, I love these episodes I love that they wrap up very quickly they're a quick adventure a quick burst uh, of satisfaction and you know Star Wars and whatnot. but at the same time you don't feel that there's a threat and I thought that in that moment I was like oh my god Sabine's going to get captured it turned out to be not the case you know they ended up as fleeing they they survived yet again so it it wraps up very nicely and it's been happening a lot lately so there there has to be a point where i don't want someone to die but i want there to be severe consequences like when kanan was captured that was something that was just like oh oh man that needs to happen again but you you also have to understand what the whole
1: episode was about which is what they it ended up happening in the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Fan yeah.
1: joined the rebellion, Yeah, yeah, you know? And that was the purpose of the whole
0: episode. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> but at some point, and then watch it. Oh, then, it's going to happen. And then when it's going it to happen, ha- you would say, no, it did, why did it happen now? You <laughs> couldn't just wait. <laughs> it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have taken uh, whoever what, what, what not and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Watch, I'm going to regret it down the line.
1: You complain if they do and you complain (laughs) if if they they don't. (laughs) I can't
0: be satisfied. No, but I I am more satisfied. No, but I I, I do know what you mean. I do understand what you mean. And then I love that when Sabine does get shot in the jetpack and she's falling essentially to her death. And thankfully, Ezra captures her. The first thing she says is... They shot my jetpack. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I love that. Her priorities. It reminds me of Hermione in the first Harry Potter, Potter movie. <laughs> yes. Where she says, I'm going to bed before either of you come up with another clever idea to get us killed. Or worse, expelled. expelled. Because apparently
1: getting expelled <laughs> worse is worse than, than, than being dying.
0: killed and dying. <laughs> And she need to sort out her priorities. (laughs) I just love that. And it reminded me that exactly. And so you have Fan and and Sabine talking and he expresses interest in joining their cause, you know, because she's earned his respect. And he goes on to say that you haven't forgotten our ways. And Ezra says, Don't take this the wrong way, guys. But Mandalorians are crazy. Crazy. Ezra had a lot of humorous moments in this episode and I hope he won some people over because I know some people are like, oh man, I can't stand Ezra. But I, his humor in this episode is really top notch and I just hope some people really enjoyed that. And she welcomes Finn to the family. Yep. Figuratively. Another, another <laughs> Mandalorian. Yes, another Mandalorian in the ranks. And that's important because now they have the potential of getting other Mandalorians into the Rebel Alliance. And like what Ezra said. I'd yeah. rather have you as my f- comrade. comrade than my enemy. Yeah, you don't want to get on the bad side of a Mandalorian. <laughs> And so, fan questions and thoughts, we have Rick Martinez, who actually brought this up in conversation, and he's kind of changed his view on it since then, but his initial thought was, was it just me, or was Rao a little hypocritical about Saxon because he was part of the Empire too? So, Saxon sold himself out. So he's the like what Pablo said in the Rebels Recon video. He's the quintessential sellout. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Fenn did make a deal with the Empire.
1: Empire, but it's like a Commonwealth together but separate. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I make this deal with you, and I'll do this, but you have to
0: respect my. Sovereignty. Sovereignty, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that's essentially what happened where you have Fenn still having loyalty to the throne, to Mandalore, whereas Gar Saxon would be like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I just want what I want for my own gain. Yes. And and that's basically why I wouldn't consider Fenn a hypocrite, because he, he did what he had to do with the Empire to survive, otherwise he would have gotten killed, and he would have gotten killed anyway, because of Gar Saxon and his men. And then Amy said, last couple of episodes featured finding the middle path between two opposing sides. Do you think they are foreshadowing Ezra's future? Also, moms! Sabine's mom is looking for her. A mom in Star Wars. Hope they don't screw it up. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I yeah. they don't screw it up either. <laughs> Although I've been told in confidence that we will very much enjoy what's what's coming for Sabine. And so I, I'm excited to see what that entails. Hopefully it's the mama. Ho- hopefully. Hopefully. Not the mama. Not the mama. <laughs> <show>. um, and <laughs> but in terms of whether they're foreshadowing Ezra's future, I really hope that's the case. Because, again, you know, we've expressed before that we would love to see Ezra walk that middle middle path. I, I, I don't think he's going to be one
1: one side or the other. I think that he's going to be like the... The Bendu. The Bendu. Uh, I miss that him. Middle. We haven't
0: seen him. Yeah, I need yeah. the Bendu. <laughs> I need his crazy laugh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I really enjoy the idea of having Ezra not really commit himself to a particular side. It's refreshing to see someone embrace both sides. And do what must be done in certain situations where it might not be good, but it might not be bad. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to see where Ezra's headed. And Sandra, who was GeekChic9 on Twitter, she said, nope, she has no question. She just wanted to say hi to me and to Ma, and, and that she needs to get caught up on episodes and chats, which is totally... Understandable. I mean, yes. there's so much things to be doing in life. Oh, my God. <laughs> and and you know, we totally understand if people are behind. Live and enjoy life,
1: yeah. whenever you get the moment. <laughs> Don't be like me yeah. and, and edit podcasts for
0: five hours. <laughs> 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 and then be like, oh, my God, where did the day go? <laughs> and then Stefan said, I have no question. Just waiting for you to freak out about a scene that lasted about half a second. As soon as I saw the episode, I thought of you reacting to it. So I know exactly what scene he's talking about. Stefan, <laughs> I know what scene it is and it's the scene where Ezra saves Sabine and he pulls her up <laughs> and right on the ramp he uh, Ezra has his arm over Sabine <laughs> and I, when I saw it I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> They're totally in love. <laughs> Obviously, that was not the case. But in my mind, that's what was happening. (laughs) But yeah, I'm hoping that's the scene. So that was definitely something that got me excited. And Andy asked, as Sabine has now defeated both Saxon and Fenrao, do you think that they run the risk of Sabine appearing too overpowered? So that's an interesting question because you do have characters where you don't want them to seem like they're flawless. You know, they need to be flawed in some way and that they need to fail from time to time. She has defeated Fen Rao and she has defeated Gar Saxon. And Arduina on Twitter, she responded by saying, technically Saxon shot her jetpack and she would have fallen to her death. Yeah. Uh, so she's not I, completely... I don't think that... Hulk that, or yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh,
1: and she's gotten to the point like she said to Ezra I was strategizing you know it takes time and sometimes while you're trying to find the best way you lose some Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and she hasn't won straightforward like here I'm, I'm going and immediately I win she has have to step back several times before finally going over. And when she goes over, it's not necessarily a flawless over, you know? Mm. Because in, like in this case, she got shot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if
1: it wasn't for Ezra, she would have fallen to her death. And still she would have been saying, My Japan <laughs> <laughs> So she kicked butt with uh Saxon, but in the end she almost
0: died. Yeah. And I and I think I think it is very um Plausible the fact that Sabine was able to match Gar Saxon in his fighting strategy and in his fighting tactics. She's a strategist and
1: sometimes it looks like she's flawless, but it's not necessarily so.
0: But honestly, I I I, I think she is a very someone who is very capable but still has potential to fail.
1: The thing is that when you, and again, when you take time to think about what you're going to do, the possibilities of failing are reduced, as opposed as jumping in. Like Ezra, he loves jumping in, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. She's more of the strategist. Mm. She thinks before she does anything.
0: Right. And that's why it comes off of as... as
1: she always winning. It is the consequence of thinking yeah. to <laughs> be better at what you're doing. That, sorry, is the whole, you know, <laughs> that is the whole purpose of youth. Backing down and taking a moment
0: to think. Yeah, yeah, she really does come up with great she, plans. She's a strategist. Stuff. Yeah, she's a, she's good at what she does. And then moving on, we have JD Hart who said, "Is a Mandel house a subset of a clan? I'm confused about the social structure." So uh, my daughter will tell you. Yes. <laughs> so I actually had to go back to. Rebels Recon for Protector of Concord Dawn, because Dave Filoni actually breaks it down a bit in there. So to summarize what he said, houses and clans are structured like a pyramid. So at the very top, you have the ruler of Mandalore and that ruler surrounded by his or her protectors, sort of like a king's guard. Or if you want to really simplify, it, sort of like the Secret Service for the president. president. Below that, you have the separate houses. So you have House Cretes, where Satine belonged, and you have House Vizla where Pre-Vizsla belonged. And then beneath those, you have the clans, and each house has multiple clans. So House Vizla had Clan Wren. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're related, because according to Dave, Clan Wren had aligned themselves with House Vizla. And, and I'm going to pull up a question from Patty. Patty had asked something related where she said what do you think Sabine's relationship is to Gar Saxon so going along with that structure i think they're unrelated i don't think they're blood related they both belong to the same house because that's what fan said that he's but from visla they different clans but they're from different clans so that's why i said that i think he comes from clan saxon if we're following clan ren as a as an example as an example so so they're not necessarily blood related maybe they are through some strain somewhere but but clans can definitely be under houses and not necessarily be the, the, of the bloodline. of the blood of that bloodline exactly. So I hope that really clarifies it. It clarified it for me. Thanks, Dave, for for having spoken about that a few episodes ago. And then JD also asked, what do you think of the Phantom? And they, and JD said that I love it. Um, and I'm also going to pull up another question from Patty. She said, love the new paint job on the Phantom 2. What do you think this represents? So I was looking at the art of the new Phantom. Uh-huh. And it's it's just very basic markings art and stuff like that. It was nice for it to have gotten the same treatment as the ghost so that way it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb or anything. And then what's really cool is that there's a logo. On the ship, I don't know if you remember the little creature not, they weren't little actually. The creatures, the flying creatures that were messing around with the Phantom when yes. they were at the prison. Yes. Yeah, the Tibbity. Uh huh. Um, but the 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 logo has a Tibbity on it, so that was meant to represent the uh, the first time the Phantom had encountered those those creatures. So I don't think it really represents anything too grand, but it's nice to have it be incorporated and be given the same color scheme as everything else in the on the ghost but we love it i love the design i think ma loves the design yeah Yeah, it's pretty cool that it was a clone wars era ship Ship, yeah (laughs) being brought to rebellion era so that's that's always pretty pretty awesome to me and how many times did Sabine use her blaster? This is a sar- like a sort of a sarcastic question, but how many times did Sabine use her blasters after being shown dropping them but not picking them up? <laughs> 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 um, you know, there, are, there, are, those moments I honestly don't pick up. I'm not, I, like I love to look at the very nitty gritty details, but not for those kind of details. Animation it's animation. <laughs> it's animation. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, every every good movie animated movie will have those kind of quirks in there uh, uh,
1: even you know regular movies yeah you, you will find those scenes yeah. where like what
0: <laughs> how did that <laughs> yeah, happen exactly so just like how you don't have some continuity in live action film the same goes for animation <laughs> um it's, it's always fun to uh it's one of, that, my <laughs> one of those
1: mysteries my friend one of those mysteries
0: Okay, so Mike said any additional insight into Mandalorian culture and history would be helpful to me. And when I saw that, I was like, "Oh man, that
1: that that's a loaded question because now you're gonna get a five minute paragraph written read to you by my awesome, um,
0: precious daughter." You made me go, Jonah. So okay, Mandalorian culture and history can be very very confusing and I trust me, I know this from experience so the reason it's so confusing is because it was a well developed culture in the expanded universe so it was pretty much everywhere in the comics and the novels and you really couldn't escape it so in that universe you have things like Mandalore as in the title not really the planet because you have Mandalore the planet and you also have Mandalore the the title and in Mandoa it meant soul ruler so things like that will pop up when you do a basic search for Mandalore on Google so when you go onto Wikipedia, make sure that you click on the canon tab at the very top and not the legends tab. Because the legends tab you're going to get a whole bunch of history events, characters, and stuff from the expanded universe. Because again, it's been so fleshed out in the expanded universe where you're going to find a lot of material for Mandalorians, but we don't really know much about them from the canon side, from the canonical perspective. That said, Mandalorians were canonically introduced in Star Wars, The Clone Wars, which was, you know, just a few years ago. And at the time, they were called New Mandalorians. So this was Satine. Satine was a New Mandalorian. She believed in peace and in nonviolence. Those were the kind of Mandalorians that ruled at the time that the Republic was um, still at its height. Highest. Yeah. In the past, Mandalorians weren't peaceful. They weren't peaceful at all. They were warriors. And they were a warring culture. And Sabine was the one to, Satine, not Sabine. Satine was the one to rebuild the society after a civil war that took place many, many years ago. And that's when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan had connected with her at that point. So you have Death Watch, which is a splinter group who wanted to return Mandalore from the new Mandalorians to the warrior ways of, of, the, old of the old days, basically. And so the Death Watch made an alliance with Count Dooku, which didn't really work out. And they also made an alliance with Darth Maul. Eventually, down the line, the planet came under Republic rule after the Siege of Mandalore. And unfortunately, the Republic becomes the Empire, which is how they ended up being in Imperial control. control. Canonically speaking, we still don't know much about the Mandalorian culture, because none of it has been really fleshed out in canon. Unfortunately, we don't really have all the novels and comic books that really explore those kind of details. Most of it still exists in the Expanded Universe. So, for example, in Mandalorian culture, from the Expanded Universe, the armor is called Beskargam, (laughs) <laughs> so try saying that three times fast. So Beskar Gam is the name of the armor because it's made out of Beskar iron, but in the canon, we don't have that. It's just called armor. It's just made out of some metal, who knows. And in this episode, we saw a Mandalorian game that was originally in the expanded universe and that was transferred over to canon. So that was the Kubikad, the Kubikad. Kubikad. <laughs> So one last thing, the reason why so many people were very vocal or are very vocal about Mandalorians and how they're represented in the shows, it's because in the expanded universe, they were actually people of color, and you didn't have to be born on Mandalore or be of Mandalorian blood in order to be Mandalorian. So when they were introduced in Star Wars The Clone Wars, what do we see? They're all white and blue-eyed. There was a lot of uproar in the fan community when, and it's still a lot of issue for a lot of people for them to accept this mandalorian the way it's been portrayed in star wars the clone wars and in star wars rebels but it's because they've changed they changed a lot from what was originally thought to be mandalorian in the expanded universe so canonically again we don't really know much about the mandalorians other than they were warring became new mandalorians as pacifists And now they're back to being somewhat warring. Some of them are, like Gar Saxon, Mm -hmm. who would attack another clan... And, and now they're under imperial control now the question is what's going to happen in the future? How Mandalore is going to handle, continue to handle imperial rule and whether they'll fully side with the rebellion how, how's that going to play out? I'm excited <laughs> so I hope I hope that brief <laughs> that brief oh, insight... yes, that, that brief, <laughs>
1: uh, uh, how many minutes? <laughs> that briefs insight I, I'm telling you don't ask questions
0: like that <laughs> So Patty asked I was, Yes Patty. Patty finally we got to you <laughs> Finally I'm sorry for that insight that would take too long <laughs> um, uh, She said I was not familiar with the concept of Imperial Super Commandos before this episode and this term was never mentioned in the episode other than the title why are these Mandos Imperial Super Commandos so I'm going to directly quote the episode guide that had a full quote about why these particular group of Mandos were called Imperial Super Commandos. And the quote is, quote, The idea of Imperial Super Commandos dates back to the very earliest concept work done for the Empire Strikes Back. Preliminary story explorations would have had a class of super stormtroopers, which resulted in all white designs of what would become Boba Fett's Mandalorian armor as the story evolved, end quote. So that's from a very, like, old concept story concept but another another thing you can take into consideration is that the name at the time when maul ruled mandalore he his men were actually called super commandos and one of those men was gar saxon so Mm -hmm. now now that you have gar saxon as viceroy he probably continued that line Um, of of super Super Commandos. commandos So that's something else you can take into consideration when it comes to that title. But good observation. I didn't even realize that they didn't even see it in the, in, the, in the episode. And she said, so happy that Sabine has a jetpack, as, as my mom is as well. And she's, she knew how to use it. Do you think she can get it repaired? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> uh, I, I need jetpacks. <laughs> Not only that, but I hope that she's able to uh, give it a little paint, paint job. job. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. Her next question is, Rao versus Saxon. Why are these two Mando's so different? Why is the Viceroy on this mission instead of being on Mandalore? Is it because their clans have been fighting for each each other for a long time? I have guesses as to who Sabine's mom is, but I have no guess as to who Sabine's dad is. Why do you think this is a mystery? So for your Saxon as Viceroy question... Henry Gilroy had actually mentioned in a past Rebels Recon episode that there's a soft Imperial occupation on Mandalore. And they needed to find someone who they could control and puppet, basically. And that's basically Gar Saxon. So because of the fact that there isn't much... There is Imperial presence there, but he's able to call some shots. And, you know, he decided... He wanted to do this personally to get rid of the protectors, so I think he can call those kind of shots and then leave some someone behind to to yeah. to, to lead and while he's away. And then in terms of who her dad is and why that's a mystery, honestly, I think it's because it's not essential. It's funny because in my head, I, fe- I have a feeling that her dad wasn't really like that hardcore Mandalorian. Yeah, I can see him being like a nice softy. Yeah, <laughs> whereas her mom is me. Mean- yeah. is the warrior the warrior (laughs) i don't really see it being essential who her her father is and that's why he may not be have have been mentioned and whatnot whereas her mom is integral in her history and who she is so who knows maybe in the next the next occurrence we may find out more about both of them and not just the mother it's just because the mother is more important in terms of the culture so that's why I get the impression like oh maybe the dad is just some civilian, a farmer. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows. Yeah. I like the I like those uh, opposites attract sort of things. And her last thought is Ezra cracked me up many times during the episode. First time yep. <laughs> yeah. first time when he tried to use Hondo as a reference. The second time when he said that he was Lando looking for treasure. The third time is when he said that Sabine's crazy cousins were after them. And finally when he told Sabine and Rao that Mandos were crazy. Like I mentioned before yeah. Ezra was to- totally written so well in this episode and I'm happy that he was given all those funny lines because it, it made people you know humor really attract people to yeah. other people you know if it's good humor and, and done well you'll laugh and identify with that person so i'm glad that happened to you for this episode so that's it mommy <laughs> i'm sorry you didn't talk as much as <laughs> hey you know? You just sat here like looking at me and yawning. He, she she did research people. <laughs> she did research. I did. I had to. I couldn't I couldn't fail you and and not just say, Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Who got the history? Who was that? Oh the history. Oh, it was Mike. Mike, you got history. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I had to. I couldn't just give you like some lame answer. No. <laughs> not when it comes to Mandalores. No, not when no no it does not no Mm -mm. so thank you all again for your thoughts and questions and that's it for today's episode stay tuned for our next Rebels Chat when we'll discuss the episode Iron Squadron and unfortunately that episode airs November 19 oh my
1: god (laughs) (laughs) oh come on
0: Yeah, so unfortunately there's no new episode this Saturday, ep- uh, November 12. So no new episode. I'm thinking it's because um, Patty mentioned something about there being something taking place in Disney XD. Maybe it's that. I have a feeling it has to do with Veterans Day and it being Veterans Weekend, Veterans Day weekend, so people are gonna be on vacation doing other things. And in the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and Stitcher. Visit thewookiegunner.com and follow Rebel Chat and the Wookie Gunner on Twitter. And may the force be with you always. Okay, because I forgot to check my email, here is Ken Brees' email that he sent us, which is very kind because I like getting emails, but I always seem to forget to check them. <laughs> so... <laughs> bad, bad joy. <laughs> so Ken said, Bo-Katan, it's Bo-Katan. What do you two think in terms of Sabine's mother? Also, is this the first Ezra-Sabine solo adventure besides Chopper? In terms of Sabine's mother Ma doesn't really know who Bo-Katan is no uh, I've heard you talk talk though, about yeah. her yeah she's a cool Mandalorian but I don't think it's Bo-Katan and I don't think she and Sabine are blood related I think that her mother is this other character who's introduced in the comic book series and her name is Rook Cast. and they have similar armor and they have a similar look so so um,
1: they, they've never really said who no. Sabine's they haven't really reveal the
0: identity yet wow okay so, so that's why everyone's like who's the mom, mom. yeah <laughs> yeah who's the mom, Who is the mom yeah so um i i, I think that's the p- most popular theory that this comic book character is her mom but i'm all for introducing a brand new character as well so we'll just have to wait and see on that one but that's my that's that's the theory that i support the one from the real cast from the comic book and the other question is, uh, what was it? It was the first Ezra and Sabine solo adventure. So I think this is the first. No, it's not. No, no, I no. Think, uh, they, they, they're they're the, been, they've been together. together. They had, it was the one with Katuonio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were together to pick up that courier. Yes. The courier droid. I think that's what that was. Not the courier droid. It was a, a droid that was just carrying data. But Ezra ended up falling off the ship, <laughs> as one does. <laughs> and now it was Sabine that almost fell on the yeah, ship. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they did have the potential of being in an adventure together, but he ended up falling off. And for good reason, because this was supposed to be Sabine's episode, meeting back up with her close friend. Yeah. So having Ezra there didn't really make all that all that much sense. But having Ezra in this episode... This
1: is a more prolonged situation between the two of them being... On their own.
0: Yeah. Out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they really couldn't do away with Ezra because it's important for them. Like we talked about in the show, it's important for them to work together. Develop
1: their skills. Yeah.
0: Watch each other's backs and whatnot. So thank you so much, Ken, for sending in your email. And I'm sorry that I didn't check it on time. (laughs) I'll make sure I remind her Uh, from now on. (laughs) Yes, please do. And may the force be with you guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs)